Coming to you live from the BIC Radio Studios in Ithaca, New York, it's the Asman and Budick Show. Here are your hosts, Jake Asman and Dan Budick. And a good evening, everyone. This is indeed the Asman and Budick Show. It is Sunday, 10.03 p.m. on April 23rd, 2017, here in the BIC Radio Studios. Jake Chernock on the board up, pressing all the right buttons, the whole thing. As always. It's going to be a fun show. We got two hours of sports talk, sports talk excuse me, coming your way. We got Ben Carlton with us wearing a pink shirt in studio. Very colorful spring type of shirt. We'll talk about Ben Carlton later on in the show. He made his, uh, I don't know if it was his debut, but we saw him as a first base coach. I have to say he was great first base for the Ithaca, Pumping up the bench. He was. For the Ithaca Club baseball team, I was getting the picture sent to me. I was very excited for Ben. We'll touch on what Ben did earlier today. Later on in the program, the Rangers are also moving on, which means Jake Chernock is very happy. We have some sound of Jake Chernock reacting to the Rangers' win last night, so we will play that for you later on in the program. Mets in action on Sunday Night Baseball. Bottom seven at City Field. Mets trying to avoid the sweep as the Nationals are looking to win their seventh straight baseball game. Right now, bottom seven. Mets trail 4-3. We'll keep you updated on that. But we'll start with the Yankees, who a week ago we did this show. They hadn't lost in a week. A week later, they cooled off just a bit. They lost two out of three to Pittsburgh over the weekend. They won the game on Saturday, lost today 2-1. to one. And now they set themselves up to go to Fenway Park for the first time this season, and they'll play the Red Sox for three games starting on Tuesday. And I believe they get sale in the first game on Tuesday night against who's up for the Yankees. Uh, Luis Severino will be making his uh, fourth start of the season against the Boston Red Sox, his first start this year, obviously against Boston, the Yankees' first matchup against Boston. And it will be interesting to see because, listen, the Yankees got off to such a great start after they started 1-4, and four, went on that eight-game winning streak, and here they are playing you know, a pretty big test here. The Red Sox are really the favorites coming in to the season to win the American League East, so they get a chance early in the year to go up to Boston and see how they stack up against a team that everyone picked to go far in the playoffs, and a lot of people had them winning the whole thing. And I think for the Yankees, this Red Sox series comes at a really good time. They just lost two out of three to Pittsburgh. They were coming off such a hot start, as you mentioned, winning eight in a row. This is a good time to face one of those teams that was considered the best team in the American League. This is the team that's going to win the AL, talking about the Red Sox. It's a nice little test for the Yankees early in the season here towards the end of April to see how they match up with the Red Sox. And the Yankees right now 11-7 and that we just mentioned. They lost two out of three against the Pirates this weekend. They really could have won today. Today's game was frustrating. But there is a bright spot if you're a Yankee fan. So the Yankees lost today 2-1. to one. But they didn't have Sanchez. They didn't have Didi Gregorius in the lineup. And a game like today it really shows you how valuable those two bats are, especially when you play in a National League park and you lose your DH in the case of Matt Holiday not being available for the Yankees only as a pinch hitter. You lose that power. You lose his at-bats. For the Yankees, they'll get the DH back when they go up to Boston. But more importantly, Didi Gregorius has been playing in rehab games the past couple days. He's hitting about 300 through three games so far. Joe Girardi says it's possible he could be back on Friday. So the Yankees might have Didi Gregorius for the, the, the homestand that starts next Friday over the weekend. And listen, he's an important bat. He's their starting shortstop. They get him back. Then they're just waiting on Gary Sanchez. And all of a sudden, the Yankees lineup is whole once again. Absolutely. And you're talking about a guy in Didi Gregorius, a gold glove caliber shortstop, and 20 home runs and 70-plus RBIs for the Yankees last season. They miss his bat in that lineup. And anytime you get him back, it's going to add some depth along the infield and terrain. 
Reyes goes back to his utility role, and then you have the Yankees with a little more depth moving around the diamond. But I think you hit on an interesting point just about this Yankee team. When you have your power coming from that DH spot, whether it is Carter, if he's the DH, or it is Holiday, they are losing big pop in that lineup when they play in a National League park like they did this weekend. It really hurts, and the Yankees losing 2-1 to one today. The point I was also going to make is Pete Cosmas up with the bases loaded, two outs, in a situation where they had no one else on the bench to pinch hit for him. Pete Cosma will be designated for assignment on Friday when Didi Gregorius comes back against the Baltimore Orioles over the weekend. But you look at this Yankees team, and overall, 11-7 and after they were 1-4, and you feel pretty good. It will be a nice litmus test to see where they're at when they play the Red Sox and they go up against a guy in Chris Sale on Tuesday. The biggest thing for the Yankees has been their starting pitching. And even though they lost today, we saw another really good start from Jordan Montgomery, who's really starting to solidify himself. A nice spot in that rotation to go alongside a Tanaka, Severino. And, of course, what we've seen from Pineda has been positive outside of that first start of the year. The Yankees have been getting some really good starting pitching. The key is, can it hold up? And when they get Sanchez and Didi back with their bullpen, if they get the starting pitching, this team could be one of those teams that you look at and say, you know what? They could be a pretty good ball club, but it all depends on that starting pitching. And that's kind of the story we talked about a week ago when they came into, uh, finished up last weekend red hot. It's how is this starting pitching going to hold up towards the end of April into May and as we get into the summer? And that's the key. How are the Yankees going to be able to pitch it towards the middle of the year? You know they're going to score runs. They're getting Sanchez back. They're getting Gregorius back. But are they going to be able to continue to pitch as well as they can and get enough starting pitching to pitch them deep into games? You know, not getting out after four and two-thirds or five innings, but being able to pitch their way through the seventh and be able to set it up for that great eighth-ninth combination they got. And just some 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 things i got to get off my chest here. I mentioned Pete Cosmo as the last hope grounded out with the bases loaded today. Pete Cosmo is an awful Major League Baseball player, and I just said it before, he's going to be gone on Friday when Didi comes back. But Pete Cosmo, you wonder why he's even on this team in the first place. A couple days ago against the White Sox, he made a costly error that ended up hurting the Yankees and contributed to them losing a game that ended their winning streak against the White Sox last week. Then today, we mentioned he grounded out, bases loaded. This guy hit 209 and 444 at-bats in AAA last year. He's supposed to be a good defensive player, which I'm sure he is, but he made a costly error, and when he's entrusted to you know hit with the pat, the guy couldn't even hit above 300 in the minors a year ago. He hit 209. I mean, you really wonder what they see in this guy, but Pete Cosmo will be gone, and getting Didi back will be a huge addition to this lineup. Now you wait on Gary Sanchez, and all of a sudden, the Yankees are doing what they're doing without Didi, without Gary Sanchez, and oh yeah, Greg Bird has done absolutely nothing this season. He's really struggled outside of one game a week ago on Sunday Night Baseball. So there's some real good positives about the Yankees, but obviously, it comes down to what we've been saying this whole time. That starting pitching cannot hold up. If it does, this team can be pretty good. Yeah, going back to their series they have coming up with the Red Sox, it really is is going to be a nice little, like you said, litmus test, just seeing where this team's at, how they rank with a Red Sox team that's played pretty nicely so far this season. And even them, they haven't swung the bats like we've been accustomed to. I know Sandoval got hurt today. I don't know if he's going to be day-to-day or he's going on the 10-day disabled list. I don't think the Red Sox have made a decision yet, but they haven't even swung the bats the way we thought they were going to be coming into this season. Hanley Ramirez hasn't really got it going yet, and it's going to be interesting to see the Yankees starters, especially Severino, uh, CeCe, how they attack these Red Sox hitters who we know can spray the ball out of any any part of the ballpark. So depending on what they get from their pitching staff this this week against the Red Sox, I think it's going to be telling how they fare. But I think it's going to be a nice little test for the Yankees to see them up against an upper echelon team because Pittsburgh... I mean, Pittsburgh's not going to be there at the end of the year in the National League. I mean, I think we're going to get a good test for where this Yankees team is currently at 
this last week in April when we see them against the Sox next week. Early season standings, you don't pay that much attention to it, but for the Yankees, they're 11-7. and Boston's 11-8. and The Orioles lead the way at 12-5 and right now, so listen, it's kind of a three-team race, you would think. The Blue Jays, for the time being, have buried themselves early. They're 5-13, and and the Rays are 10-10, and but we don't really expect them to be a legitimate contender. So if the Yankees want to make some noise earlier in the year, go up to Boston, take two out of three, and show early on you're for real, and if they do that without Sanchez and without Didi Gregorius, you feel a lot better. But the point about Greg Bird that we just made before, if you're a Yankee fan, you couldn't have been more excited to watch this guy be back in the lineup. Opening day, he was the three-hitter. He had about as good of a spring training as you could possibly have, but it just shows you, you can't really put too much stock in the spring training numbers because Greg Bird is hitting 111 right now with only one home run and two RBIs. He's been awful. And I like Bird a lot. I think he's going to be a good major leaguer, but if you have to remember also... In 2015, he came up when? In July, August? Yep, and, so, he, and he was great. And he was great, but it's not that big of a sample size, and he really didn't get a chance to struggle at the major league level because, unfortunately, last year he was out all season. So I think the thing with Greg Bird right now, I wouldn't panic. I don't think he, I think he's going to be a good major leaguer. Would you let him figure it out here at the major league I think, level? Yeah, I think where the Yankees are right now, and this is, this is part of the thing with the Yankees, is they're a contending team, but they're also in a re- bit of a rebuilding mode. And I think for... Greg Bird, he's got to learn it at the Major League level. He's got to learn how to make adjustments to Major League pitching, and this is a big part of not having him last season. He could have done this all last season, but because of his injury, he didn't play it all last season. It's kind of a year off from his development as far as an, a hitter and a Major Leaguer, so I think you got to let him just ride it out. The Yankees committed to him as their first baseman, went to share, retired, and they were going to move forward with... Uh, with Bird, they also have Holiday. They could play in at first. They could play Carter at first. So they have some options. But you got to ride it out. I think right now with Greg Bird, if we get into the end of May, early June, and he's really struggling, like Michael Conforto was a year ago, then I'm saying maybe we have to do something. But until we get to that point, I think you got to leave Bird in there. I agree with you, and I think you made an excellent point. The only reason why I bring it up is because I was on Twitter today and I saw some Yankee fans debating it. I don't think it's a debate. You know, you look at this Yankee season, yeah, they're off to a good start at 11-7, and but what did we say coming in? This was a year that, hey, if they're in contention, great, but it's more important for these young guys to play every day. Aaron Judge got a chance to play at the end of last year, went through his struggles early. He's figured it out early on here in 2017. Greg Bird, great point by you. Didn't play at all last year. You got to let him get his feet wet again. He's got to get his at-bats. He's got to be able to figure it out. He's proved everything you can prove at the minor league level. The key is for him to put together a couple of really good games get that average up, get him going. Because you know what? There's nothing more for him to prove at the minor league level. You committed to him for be, uh, you committed to him in 2017 to be your first baseman every single game. Got to let Greg Bird play. He shows you have the talent. You got to let him go out there and figure it out. And how many guys, I don't know this for sure. I don't know the stats on this. I don't think I've seen this put up anywhere. But how many guys this year has he faced that he has previously faced in the major leagues? I mean, this guy's had such little experience in the major leagues. There's a lot of, most pitchers in the American League, he hasn't really seen that many times before. Whether guys have switched leagues over the last couple of years or some relievers come into the mix. I mean, it's been a while since he's hit in the major leagues, so he's got to get his feet wet. He's got to get adjusted. He was also battling a bit of an injury a couple weeks back, so Greg Bird's got to get into the, his groove, and I think he will, but you can't rush. You can't panic. This season for the Yankees wasn't about winning the World Series. It was about being in contention all the way through and getting these young guys' experience, and Bird has got to get his experience at the major league level. You're right. At this point, I don't think AAA does him any good. 
I agree with you. I mean, he's got to play at the major league level and until he figures it and out. I think he will figure it out. I think this kid is so talented, he's going to be able to get it going. He's going through his struggles like that right now. It happens. Chase Headley a year ago was the worst player in baseball. Now he's leading the league in OPS. You know, it's one of those things where you look at this Yankees team and it's important to keep perspective even though they got off to such a good start. They're going to have their rough periods. You hope that by starting 11 and 7 is that when you hit these some of these rough patches, you're not burying yourself. When they were 1 and 4 and they were spiraling out early you got, you, there was some concern because just the previous year in 2016, this Yankee team started eight and 16 and nine and 17. And by the time they got back to 500, you're bound to cool off again because to get back to that level, you got to go on a hot streak. And what happens after a hot streak? You cool off and struggle again. So for the Yankees, they have not put themselves in the same hole they were in earlier a year ago. So here they are as a team that's 11 and seven. Go up to Boston, take two out of three, and show us something early on here in the season. That's the next step for this team. And you know what? If they go into Boston and lose two out of three, I don't think it necessarily tells us anything different either. They listen, the Yankees are a young team. They've gotten off to a nice start. They're eleven and seven. But if they go into Boston and lose two out of three early in the season, it might end up being good for the team. You know, they played a tough team. If they play a good good three game series, they get some confidence going forward. So I don't think necessarily the Yankees have to do anything this this these three games, but you know, this is part of growing. You want these guys to play in big games. Last year, I think it was very beneficial for guys like Sanchez and even Severino in, as far as pitching is concerned. And just being in contention towards the end, I know they didn't make the playoffs, but the fact that the Yankees were in a pennant race last year for a wild card spot towards the end of the season, it got all these guys some experience. I think guys like Bird and you talk about Torres, guys that necessarily haven't been part of a major league roster for a full season, you gotta get those feet wet. Now and I think and I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think going forward, the more experience he's got to get in the major leagues is better. Even if they struggle, even if Didi comes back and struggles a little bit. That's what happens with young players. And Didi's proved his worth at the major league level and Reed and Roberts were kind of talking about it. This is the point I was gonna yeah, bring up. Reed and Roberts were talking about Let's it. Let's pick up where they left off a little. Well the point they were trying to make was well Torres has played so well that Is there any thought that if Didi comes back and struggles immediately that you go back to Torres because he's the hot hand? And the answer is positively no. You don't do that because Didi's the Yankees starting shortstop, and he's proven that he could be a major league shortstop in the if, over the course of a full season, so I don't think there's any reason to panic about that. You got to got these guys got to get their at bats. They have to prove their worth in the major leagues, and it goes back to the point about Bird. He's not going to learn anything in AAA. He doesn't have to work on his mechanics. He's just got to adjust, and that's part of being a major league hitter and playing 162 games. I also didn't like the fact that a week ago, after he had his breakout game on Sunday Night Baseball, he was three for three, had a double and a home run. And then the Yankees decided to sit him the next day just because they were facing a lefty. And the lefty they were facing wasn't even good. I, I, it was it was the pitcher on the White Sox that used to be on the Rangers. I, I can't even remember his name. It's it's escaping me. Point is, it wasn't Sandy Koufax that the Yankees were facing. And Greg Bird, you made him your everyday first baseman. Let him get his ABs. Don't sit him down after he has his best game in the season because then he kind of loses it for a bit. And he hasn't had a hit since. He's really struggled. And he's also had some pretty poor luck. He's hit a couple balls really hard that have been right at players. Today he had a score line drive right at Ivan Nova, who stuck his mid out and caught it. Some bad luck there. That's what happens when you're struggling. You're not going to find the holes out there on the field. He's got to play, though, and I think that Yankee fans need to understand that as the, even though we want this team to win games and make the playoffs and go on a run, if that's possible, it's more so about letting the guys like Greg Bird and Aaron Judge and Sanchez and all these guys play because as far as winning it all, 
The Yankees know that in a couple years when that giant free agent class comes around and they can add a Harper or a Machado and some of these younger pitchers they have in their farm system develop into starting pitchers. They can pitch at the major league level. That's when this team will be ready to go. Right now this year is just all about having fun and seeing what you have in the young guys. And you mentioned a week ago he had the great game on Sunday Night Baseball and then he didn't play the next day because the Yankees were facing a lefty. How many times in baseball do we see young left-handed hitters sit against left-handed pitching? It, it really agonizes me. And I see this. The Mets do it all the time with Michael Conforto. He just played his first game against the lefty yesterday. And I'm sitting there wondering why. You know, why? Because he's because he's a left-handed hitter and he's going to struggle against left-handed pitching? But you gotta play, you got to hit against left-handed pitching. It doesn't do these guys any service sitting out against a tough lefty. They have to get their It was Derek Holland, by the way. Not much of a tough lefty. It, but exactly. And I, there are too many times in baseball we see a young left-handed hitter who's, who's got a lot of promise, a prospect, Mets with Conforto. We see it with Bird now with the Yankees. They sit out against lefties because, well, we don't want him to, to lose any, uh, any confidence against a lefty. He's a Major League Baseball player. He's got to hit against lefties. He's got to get at-bats against lefties. It doesn't do him any service by playing him uh, on the bench. If he's your best player and your best option at first base, which he is for the Yankees defensively, too, you do take a hit when Greg Bird's not in there defensively. I'm not trying to not put a knock on uh, Holiday and uh, and Carter at first base, but Bird's much better defensively. And Holiday's never even going to play first base. Well, exactly. He's there for emergency he's purposes. There for emergency you know who purposes. they actually did play at first base today, though? Or maybe it was yesterday. It was yesterday's game. Chase Headley played an inning at first base. That's what happens when you play in the National League. You need to move guys all over the place. And we see it right now with Jay Bruce, career outfielder, playing first base for the Mets because you know what? They got to find this way. They got to find a way to get all these guys in the lineup. And with Duda going down, it opens up a spot for Conforto to play if Bruce can go over and play first base. Absolutely. And I think the Yankees, if Bird's got to play. You know, and that's, he will that's play. the point I'm making. Bird has to play every day. I don't think it does him any service sitting on the bench. And if they're going to face a tough lefty, let him hit in there against the lefty. And oh, that ball is hit deep. That's gone. That's uh, Zimmerman Ooh. hit a bomb. Top of the eighth inning, and Ryan Zimmerman throw back the clock. Home run. So Nationals add on to their lead here. Dan not feeling too good. We're going to touch on the Mets once this game goes final in a little while, but the Mets at one point down 4 nothing because Daniel Murphy hit a grand slam in the first inning off Zach Wheeler, and the Mets made it as close as 4-3, but here in the eighth inning, the Nationals opened it back up just a bit with a two-run shot. That was a bomb for City Field standards. Yeah, that was. Went to the second deck off Smoker. So Mets down 6-3, to three, top half of the eighth inning. Uh, How many games in a row have the Mets lost now? Would this be... Th- Four. This is four four in a row. This would be four games. They lost in a row. two out of three to the Phillies, and then go into and this, this series. They yeah. So they they've lost four in a row, and then they won, and then they've lost four in a row. So this is eight of nine now that they've lost. They just in not having their guys. I, I had a feeling they would get swept this weekend coming into the series, just going into it. But I, I just figured losing the first two and then facing Scherzer on well, Sunday well, night baseball. It's not only that. It's like you look at the lineup the Mets are throwing out there, transitioning to the Mets a little bit. It, it's just not a good lineup. It's not a lineup that I don't think you can put up against this national team and say they have a shot to win night in and night out, especially when you're facing a guy like Gio Gonzalez like they did the other night and Max Scherzer like they did tonight. you got to have your best players out there. One more point about the Yankees before we take a break, and we'll definitely touch on the Mets. I just wanted to touch on Aaron Judge and how good he's been so far. Some of the home runs that he hits, the sounds that the bat makes after the ball is being crushed from that bat. He has insane It's power. unbelievable. He's got insane power. Joe Girardi told a story to Meredith Morakovitz during the Joe Girardi show presented by W.B. Mason that I happen to catch today that when Aaron Judge goes and, and takes BP before games, it takes him 
one or two swings before he hits his first home runs. Girardi says normally it takes guys maybe a round or two before they start launching balls into the stands. Judge does it on his first or second swing, cold and BP just trying to get loose. He can hit balls over the yard. So this guy has some surreal power. And if he stays healthy and continues to really just work on his swing and, and not chase pitches out of the zone, he's done a really good job not chasing and not striking out as much. He's cut his strikeout rate at 30% since last year already. You know, this is a guy that we're talking about that could be an everyday above average right fielder for this team going forward. I mean, the Yankees found their future right fielder as long as Aaron Judge can stay healthy because he has that type of power. And I think what's really underrated about Aaron Judge is the fact that he's a pretty good defender. He's got some speed. He's got a great right fielder's arm. I've been really impressed with Aaron Judge, and I think a lot of us kind of wrote him off way too early last year just because he came up and struggled. We see guys come up to the major leagues and struggle all the time. It just felt like with Aaron Judge, we weren't even talking about him. It was all Greg Bird and Gary Sanchez, but here's Aaron Judge. He's the one that's been healthy and playing every day. And he's been great. No, and Judge looks like the real deal. And it looks like he's going to be a mainstay in that outfield for a few years to come, quite some few years to come. So when they get to free agency in a couple of years, does that change maybe the way the Yankees look at acquiring a free agent? Does that maybe move them away from acquiring a Bryce Harper if in right field you have a guy like Judge who, like you said, probably will be at that time a, a regular starting Major League outfielder. Aaron Judge, just 24, but he's hitting 279 this season. His his OPS is .343, so he's doing a nice job getting on base. And then you look at his power numbers, six home runs already and 13 RBIs. You know He's got 17 hits. Six of them have left the ballpark in 61 at-bats. So he's off to a really good start. The key is for Aaron Judge to continue to just do what he does well, which is hit the ball out of the park. Easier said than done, but he can't chase pitches out of the zone. He has to know his strengths. He has to know what he's doing, and he's six foot seven, man. When he hits them, they're going to go and leave the park. He's got that type of power. It's exciting watching him play. I hope he can continue to just doing what he's doing. They're not asking him to do too much. They moved him up from the eighth spot in the lineup all the way up now to the fifth spot in some games. He hit fifth today. It's exciting to watch him hit. Hopefully he can continue. Hopefully so, and I think one thing, and you kind of hit a good point on it, he kind of struggled when he got up last season. People forgot about him a little bit because of all the hate, the craze around Sanchez and Bird coming back this season. It goes season. back to our point on why you can't give up on Greg Bird. Absolutely. That's what it, that's a big part of it. You can't, these young players, they gotta they got to go through their ups and downs. I'm not saying Judge isn't going to struggle again and go through some growing pains. He very well may, probably will. But we remember how poor he was last season, how much he was striking out. You could see how much he's improved over the offseason, cutting down his strikeouts. That's huge, especially for a guy who's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. If you can limit the strikeouts, I mean, you're talking about a guy that could possibly hit 30, 35 home runs at the major league level. He's already got six. And the fact that when he hits them, you know they're gone. There's no, I mean, they're moonshots. They're just, I've never seen anyone hit a ball as far as he hit one the other night at Yankee Stadium against the White Sox. It went all the way into the the top of the bleachers out in left field. And I said to myself when I was, I was watching it, I don't think I've ever seen a Yankee hit it that far. And it turns out since the new stadium opened in 2009, Aaron Judge is at two of the three longest home runs by Yankees. He's got two of the three of them. He hit one last year that was farther, and then the one he hit the other day was the second farthest ball ever hit at Yankee Stadium by a Yankee. So we're talking about surreal power numbers for this guy. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully he can keep it up. Just think about this lineup when they get Didi back and they get Sanchez back and Bird starts being Greg Bird again. You know, the Yankees have a nice young core they're building around. It all comes back to what we talked about with the starting pitching. Comes back to the pitching, how they're going to be able to hold up through the course of the summer. And then again, it goes back to the points. If the Yankees are in contention, you know, into the summer, into July, into that, I think it is August 1st now, trade deadline, does 
Brian Cashman make a move for a starting pitcher in some capacity. Not an ace, not giving up the farm to get a guy, but to get a, a maybe a middle-of-the-rotation type of guy. And if, if it does, if that might be the move that puts the Yankees into serious playoff contenders. If they're relevant, if they're around. I mean, I think Brian's got to pull the trigger. Absolutely, and I think I think CeCe Sabathia's already talked about it. He knows, hey, if we're in contention, management's going to make a move. They always do. That's so true. If the Yankees are in contention... There's going to be a scenario that comes about where maybe they don't get you know the ace on the on the market at the time, but you give up a prospect or two. You have so many of them to try and get a guy that can maybe take this team from a borderline playoff team to a team that can win a wild card. And then who knows? You know I'll, the way I'll the Yankees you, are playing right I'll now, you what, they got a shot. If we hit August first, Bartolo Colon would be a great move for the Yankees. Former Yankee, well, Bartolo former Yankee, Colon. but a ma- a ma- and former Met, but the yeah, but the, not, Bartolo Colon has actually played for every team in this league. He pretty much has, <laughs> but. In all seriousness, is how great of a pickup would Bartolo Colon be for the Yankees? He can eat up innings. He's not going to tax you your bullpen. He's a guy that can, that's going to come in. Even if he gives up six runs, he could give you seven or eight innings. He's that type of rubber arm. It's not, it's not a bad idea considering that the Braves much. probably won't be in contention. And you're right. It would not cost you that much at all. Would, uh, is he under a one- or two-year deal with the Lions? One-year contract. He's so, a free agent at the end of the season. For the Yankees, it would be nothing. So that's not a bad idea. That's the type of guy that you're looking for. The key is identifying which teams are out, which teams are going to be sellers. Last year, the Yankees. Yankees were sellers, and they ended up, you know, actually playing better post-trade deadline than they did before the deadline. So you never know, but we'll see. This team right now, eleven and seven, going into Boston, feeling good about themselves. We'll find out how they do. But if you want to talk about the Yankees, the number to call six zero seven two seven four one eight four two is the number to call. So much to get you still in the program. Jake Chernock's Rangers are moving on. He's all excited about that. We also got to touch on the NBA playoffs after the Chicago Bulls. Where the 8th seed went up 2-0 on the Celtics, but Boston has won the next two games. So we'll check in on the NBA playoffs, and we'll take your phone calls on the Yankees. So much to do. It's the Asman and Budic Show. We're on till midnight. We'll be right back after these words. You are listening to the Asman and Budic Show on VIC Radio. Tune in radio and podcast it on ICTV.org and iTunes. Jake Asman, Dan Budick back here on the Asman and Budick Show. we got Ben Carlton and Jake Chernock with us here in the studio. A lot of people don't know this because I haven't told anyone, but no better place to share stories of life and death experiences better than the BIC Radio Airwaves. I was in a car crash yesterday, guys, and I filled you guys in a little bit off the air. But my car was likely totaled, and that's it. I was home for the weekend celebrating Grandma Marilyn's uh, 85th birthday. And on my way to run an errand, someone cut in front of me on the main road in my hometown on Long Island. I went right into them. Airbags deployed it, the whole thing. And I'm just lucky to be alive. It was a it was a pretty se- severe car wreck. It was a Bentley that I went right into. And I just couldn't believe that this accident happened. Never been in that type of experience before where the airbags had to be deployed. Never been in that type of accident. And it was just a scary, scary experience. Thank God everyone was okay. And, you know, the girl who was driving felt terrible about it. And she was trying to make an illegal left turn. But scary stuff, man. You know, you just, you really, you think back to the moment and you just go, you know, wow, like I'm lucky to be here right now. Could have been a lot worse because my car skidded into the oncoming traffic lane. I got lucky there was happened to be no car coming across. But if there was a car coming across, I would have spun right into it and could have been a major car wreck on a major road on uh, Long Island in Syosses, the hometown. So I'm very lucky, man, and uh, I'm a little sore today, but I can imagine. all things considered, I got away with one there, and it was it was scary, man, but 
Rest in peace to the Nissan Rogue. It's a shame. Likely totaled. And, totaled. And that stinks. And yeah. luckily Not definitely, right. but... No, well, I mean, I saw the picture. It looked pretty beat up. Most it, likely, it took, it took quite gone. a hit. Uh, resident car expert Anthony Leo, who is a consultant and runs our Long Island office, told me, if you see all the airbags deployed... And he's a car genius. He's a wizard. Usually it's totaled. His dad owns uh, Leo's Brothers Auto Shop in Queens. Dane, I know you have a great theme song for them, so we'll sing it in just a moment. But... It's, Most, like it's your theme song. It's not mine. I think it's hilarious. I didn't create it. But you know the words. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, maybe we'll sing it later in the show. It is a great part of the show. Leo's Auto Body. He'll get, get you back, back on the road real fast. 1-800-LANDERS. It's a great song. It's, it is a great song. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. If Leo, if Leo said the car is total, he is probably right. He's a car wizard. Anyway... Charnock, you've been in some accidents. Have you ever been in He's one? He's been in 11. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> once got into an accident on your way to the ACT. Yes, it's actually that's a great true story. That is a true story. On your way to the <laughs> ACT. And she story. actually helped you. Yes. You got you were lost, and she actually gave you yes. directions to where you had that to go. That is true. That is true. No, the last time I was going to take you out to the ACT. Only you that would happen. Dude, it was, it, it was great. It was a four-way stop. I, I was not paying attention. I was looking for the place. And you I hit this girl too. in the middle you of this intersection. Also, that's a pretty nerve-wracking time. It was You're about a, to take yes. your ACT. Was it a red light no and question. you just went through no, it? Was, no, it was a stop sign. Did I stopped at the stop sign and the, there was a... The, the it was a four way stop right and so the the one coming from the left hand side from my left there was like trees kind of blocking it so like I took a quick glance didn't see anybody so I was looking for the for the school so I just kind of rolled through the stop sign and hit the girl in the middle of this intersection and like you guys said she actually was going to the SAT also it was not in my hometown so I didn't know where the school was and she pointed me in the right direction how did you do on the SATs not well well I don't not well, well that's why you're here at Ithaca College yes I can't blame you for not doing well you had just gotten into a car so your mind was probably all over the place it was awful uh, the worst part about it is that i actually it, this was like a it was What'd the third time i rick took think it. of all this uh, rick was not a big fan he rick was, not was actually fan. here this weekend i'm disappointed rick, by yes. me having to go home yes. i unfortunately missed out on me, the uh you know the rick Chernock experience and if anyone knows rick Chernock like we do it's just picture jake Chernock but 40 years older and that's basically rick that's him that pretty much is him. Uh, well, Dan, you got along great with the dog, with Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Chernock. Charles great Chernock, dog. as I referred to him as. Charlie Chernock is a great name. He's a bit, you know what, he's a bit... Did you do that purposely for shy. alliteration? Yes, uh, of course. I mean, Charlie Chernock, it's great. Charlie Chernock. He, he was great. He was, you know, he was going around the apartment, kind of antisocial, but once you gave him a little ICO wings, he loved it. <laughs> Of course, the ICO wings. Okay, you gotta got love the ICO wings. Don't promote products that don't endorse the Asmobetic show. But I you just mean wins I, over Ithaca. I just said ICO. I didn't. I just made it's an abbreviation. Everyone knows what ICO is in Ithaca. Yeah, I guess well, our audience is not dumb, man. I okay. So, but it, but there were still wings. ICO wings. Great I, wanted, wings. I do want to get anyway, credit to them. But wings over Ithaca, also great wings. Great, phenomenal wings. Great new location. Check it out. We love it. I, I want to say this. We love it. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> I love that. That's we love it. That's it's like the, a, say, it's a big thing now. It, it's taking dude, every year. Years. We add a couple of new phrases to like the friend group that we all say. And you, you're the one who started. I know. We, we love, love it. it. We you love, love it. it. You love it. You're like you, you love it. How did it start? What was the first thing that I don't remember? It was remember. you. Love that it. was loved. We love it. Like, where did that come from? I, I don't remember where it came from. I really. I just. <laughs> so I just started funny. saying it. It's funny. <laughs> 
You just walk into the apartment and you just yell, you love it. You're like, last night the Rangers were losing one nothing. I'm like, you love it. You love this. And they came back and won. You did love it. Well, that I loved. That, that I loved. Let's get to the Rangers. That here, I loved. Chernock, you're excited. The yeah, schedule just excited. came out. Very excited. Now, we were having this debate, and Ben Carlton can speak to this too. He's a big Rangers fan, although I don't know how big of a Rangers fan he really is. He just missed out on a chance to go to Ottawa with He's you, Jake. He's got to play. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's, He's got to go. He's with his girlfriend. I respect that. Ah, uh, of course. You, you got to respect, respect the hustle. <laughs> hey, no. No one was more whipped than you yeah, when you had a right. Here we go, that. baby. Anyway, Rangers' schedule came out. We'll talk about their win over the Montreal Canadiens in a second, but I want to read to you the schedule. Game yes. one for the Rangers. Yep. They'll be the away team for the first two games. Ottawa has the home ice advantage. Rangers at the Ottawa Senators, 7 p.m. The series starts Thursday, April 27th. That will be game one. Game two will be Saturday, April 29th at 3 p.m. That game's in Ottawa, and I think if you're going to go to a game, Jake, that'd be your best bet. Get the hotel on Friday, stay for the game on Saturday, drive back to Ithaca once the game ends. About a four-hour drive, four-and-a-half-hour drive from Ottawa back to Ithaca. You could essentially pull that off. You could even get up early the day of, honestly. Like, I could even is get up. Is this something you think early. you may do? It honestly is something I really think I might honestly, do. Honestly, that might be better. It, it, it might, I, I, I honestly might do that. What if you say, that's actually a great point, get up early on get Saturday. Up at, I get up at 8.39 a.m., right? Be on the road, get to Ottawa probably an hour before puck drop. What's right? It's 3 o'clock, but what? it's NBC. So it's not going to... 3 o'clock means like 3.20. You should also, leave, uh, leave it like 7 in the morning. Yeah, give what yourself, if you left at like 7? Give yourself more time to get to the No question. Check no out the question. Arena. That's actually not a bad scenario. You get up early on Saturday. You go get a hotel for Saturday night. Yep. Hang out in Ottawa with uh, whoever you go with. If it's your girlfriend, Emma, or you go with a friend, you have plenty of things to do in Ottawa. The drinking age, you're 21, but maybe if you're someone who's not, drinking age is in Canada is 18. Have a nice night in Ottawa. Go to a nice restaurant. Rangers that's lose. Nice You're going to be depressed that's a nice anyway. But rendezvous. That'll be honestly. Fun. I think. I seriously think I might do that. I really might do that. It I'm going to try and make it up to Montreal for for a game but against Canadians. But this makes more sense. Three p.m. Saturday is perfect. Sense. Get a hotel for Saturday night and yeah, then come back. Come. You wake up on Sunday morning and drive back. It's really. It's very feasible. If you leave early Saturday, spend the day at the game. Three p.m. You have your whole night in Ottawa. Have a nice dinner. Go out. See whatever there is to see in the city. Enjoy Canada. And then, enjoy and then go home. Enjoy Canada. Maybe the Rangers will win for you. Maybe they'll win for me. That would be great. But as Ben knows, the Rangers always like to make life hard. So they probably and I feel like not. when you're at the game, they don't right. win. I feel like when oh. you're there, they don't win. Yeah, but the, they Rangers, don't, the Rangers are like 0 for the last six when I'm at the game. That's so when I you're probably at the garden, go. This, is the, this could be the reverse no. jinx. They have not scored a playoff goal. The last Ranger playoff game you were at, they lost 3 nothing, right? Uh, it was a 2 or 3 nothing. It, 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 was, it was. I think it was 2. And you went alone. That must have been a horrible experience. Well, it was great. It was great right up until, you know, the game actually started. And then the National the Anthem was great, right? The game poops. started until the event you yeah, paid exactly. for. Yeah, $250. $250. It started, then it stunk. Well, about this. So, two years ago, right, when the Rangers made it to the conference final and then the Yankees were in the wild card game, Jake, obviously, we drove home back for the game. We stayed at my house. I spent to combine almost $400 on playoff tickets that year. Not not only did my teams not win either game, but they didn't score a goal or a That's run. That's right. Not How a goal or a run. tickets for the Yankees playoff? $85. Yeah, oh, so, so you're, you're I know that because he didn't pay Long Island oh, so yeah. for about five months, which was so exactly. $85. So, so, so it's really a great deal. Only what a hundred bucks to go to a, a Canadian to go to Canada to see the Sens play the Rangers in the playoffs. I would love it. 
I, 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 you would love it. I would love it. I would love it. I think you're going to go. I would love it. Saturday makes the most sense. 3 p.m. Get up early. Stay Saturday night. On air. Buy the tickets now. I'm not going to buy the tickets. I'm not going to buy the tickets. Who are you talking about? Let's narrow the list a little bit. Who do we think could be a potential partner of yours? Is Emma number one choice? It's too bad Beatty's not here. Beatty would have went with you. Beatty's an Islander fan. But oh, but you would have got him. He stayed. He would have gone. He would have gone. Beatty would have gone. He would have gone. I think he would have went. He totally would have gone. Beatty needs to eat. He's not going to. He could try Canadian food. He could have sold What's Canadian food? Maple syrup? No, but you could have sold Beatty on the experience of going to a playoff game in Canada. He would have been into it. He would have totally gone. He totally would have gone. Absolutely. He totally would have gone. Totally. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind he would have gone. All right, so, so who is at the top of the list? Do we have a candidate list here? Ben could have been one of them, but you know he's doing some things in Jersey with his girl this weekend, so he won't be around. Yeah, so we got that. We got old posture for Neil. I mean, who wouldn't love a car ride with him? Let's yeah, look at the schedule, great. though. Let me ask you, it's you, Rangers Hockey, and Max Ola, Pastor V. Neil, And Novak, And no, yeah, sure. They're Ranger fans. I'm just they looking at the Rangers. schedule here. I think that's your best bet to definitely go. I mean, you could go next Saturday if there's a game six. But you I could wanna, do that. Come on, go, Banking on leave, them being a game don't, six. Don't leave it up to chance. Go to a game. Also, go to the game two. Well, not to mention the, the tickets are oh, that's a Kendall lot Bay. cheaper. You can't do that. The tickets are a lot cheaper. What for game six? Uh, no, for game two. So game two right now. Get in was ninety four dollars. Well, that makes sense. Game six. A lot of you know. What's get in at the win. Garden for game three? I cannot just to even compare imagine. and contrast. Look it up right now. I'm I'll, curious. I'll look it up right now. Probably My, d- double. Okay. Oh, what do you think the guys uh, over under is? Just to it's, get it's in, it's got to be. I say it's at least two twenty five. Just yeah, to get I'm into gonna say, I'm going to say two twenty five. That's a fair assessment. Over under. I saw over under two twenty five. Don't say it yet. Over under two twenty five. I'll start with you. Well, you know, Chernock, so you can't answer. Ben, I'll start. I'll let you weigh in on this. You'll play the role here. Over under two twenty five. Get in price for Rangers game three of the postseason coming up second round against Ottawa. I'm going under. Ben's going under. Dan. <laughs> 225. I'm going to say under, but it's. A, I think it's around there. I'm saying over. Oh, oh my God. Is it over? It is over. I told you. What is it? It's Ranger 235. playoff 235. 235. in its in its obstructed view. You an can't even see the whole damn ice. View. You can't Can even see the whole damn here? ice. That 225 well, was like the perfect number for the over Turn it around. 419, row 7. I mean, look at it. Look at this. It's not obstructed. Here. No, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. It looks like a decent seat. Here, I'll show you. I'll show you. We'll, we'll pull up the Rangers' virtual view, okay? I trust me because I, I I have tried to get this these tickets before. So this because is a, this I want to get not, the cheapest ticket. So this and, uh, is in a, a very obstructed view. You're yes. Saying. Well, I mean, I mean it's not very obstructed. But you're paying two hundred thirty-five dollars. You don't want to have a construction. Exactly. Uh, if, I, if I'm going to pay, you know, a, an arm and a leg for this game, I, I better damn well be able to see the whole ice. Anyway, so yeah, so you, know, you may we'll or may see. not be going to Game Three. Let's talk about the series though now. Rangers, you didn't pick them on this show to even beat the Canadians. Yes. Your prediction was Montreal in six. Rangers played very well in that series, and I was blown away by how great Henrik Lundqvist was in particular. And we've said this on the show before when we do talk about the Rangers. When Lundqvist plays at that level, he gives you a chance against anyone. Now they're taking on the Ottawa Senators here. That- how do you think the Rangers match up against the Senators team after they just had to play a team in Montreal that was extremely physical? Well, I think that I think Ottawa is probably more of a they they more resemble the Rangers than the Canadians do because, like you said, the Canadians just hit the Rangers and 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 it made a, it a very physical series. That it was an it was an incredibly physical series. There were three fights in the series. The Rangers are on a fighting team, and there were three fights. But Jimmy Vesey's fighting. Jimmy Vesey. Jimmy Vesey fought Max Pacioretty last night. But I don't know. I I I really like this matchup for the Rangers. I mean, they're obviously. 
a couple of great players on the Canadian on, on the Senators. Is Eric Patrick Ready the captain of the, of the Canadians? Yeah. So here's my problem. I'm listening to the game on radio last night yeah. with Kenny Albert. Yep. Fans are chanting USA, USA yeah. at the Montreal Canadiens. Max Pacioretty's from Connecticut. Max Pacioretty is more American than half the team, so on, what, than so half what, the players in the Rangers. So what? what I, I mean, it, it's USA because New York versus Montreal. But, here, but that chant is stupid. But that's why I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up because the Rangers are playing Ottawa, another Canadian team. I don't need idiot Ranger fans in Madison Square Garden this series chanting USA when it'll happen. It, you just it, you, you just when the Rangers have it. plenty of Canadians just on their team, it. and Ottawa, I'm sure, has it's plenty ridiculous. of Americans no, on it their makes, team. It makes no sense. Not to mention the Rangers' best player is Swedish. I mean, like, it makes no sense. Yeah, the it's, just, it's just so dumb. The best player no in, the, in the history of the franchise, arguably, Henry yes. Lundqvist, is He's Swedish. Swedish. He's Swedish. Like, it, it's stupid. It's, I, I agree but with you. you. It's a very stupid thing. You do see that a lot in the playoffs. You when do. You do have a yeah, Canadian oh, team, whether I mean, it be whoever it is, up against a USA well, team. Dave Maloney was like, I didn't realize it was an international competition, Kenny. And Kenny Albert was like, oh, Dave, step over my call some more, please. <laughs> I love Dave. He's great. Dave is great. I, I, my favorite segment of the Michael K. Show in New York is when they talk about Dave Maloney stepping all over Don and, and Kenny. Did you Cross. hear him? Did you hear him after uh, Mika Zibanejad's game winner? He gave five. He literally screamed. He oh, literally, oh, oh, oh. Oh. Yeah, it was great. Great, love it. Can we, can we pull it up? Is there a way we can pull it up on the computer here? Here, well, I, I can pull it up on my computer. Of course, I downloaded it because you know. You no, okay. So you're this a is diehard. You got of course. It. We'll I downloaded this. it. Do you have it ready? Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. All this right. is Dave Maloney, the color commentator for the New York Rangers, going nuts over Kenny Albert's call on ESPN New York after the Mika goal that won the Rangers the playoff game over the Canadians. I think this was Game it's Four. <laughs> that was almost it was great. It was great. Jab's goal and that's, there. A, that's a great scream, but it's almost like the scream you made when the Rangers won last night to advance to the second round. And uh, before we play this on the air, let's just talk about for a second that this noise was something I've never heard of from any sports fan anytime. It was absolutely incredible. It it was almost like he was being attacked. It, you, if you hear this 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 noise, you would almost think there's he was either Jake is being attacked or I don't even know. You, I am so glad it, this it, was it, captured. I'm I, so I, glad. I don't even know. I'm so like, glad. It sounds like you're being mugged. Here is Jake Chernock. Raw reaction. This is my raw reaction. After the New York Rangers. Derek step on empty net goal. Here we go. Defeated the Canadians, and Jake Chernock knew the Rangers were moving on to the second round. Here we go. One more. Right, what, hold on. What is that? Now we're going to break it down, but we have to hear it again in case you missed it. Jake Chernock after the Rangers won. If you missed it again. One more time. And finally. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I don't know, man. I was very excited. I was very, very and, uh, no, excited. No, and I love that you're excited. I mean, it, the emotions. It, it, it's the just passion. This is your time of the year. It's your passion. Like but, this, but this, that this kid that wore a yarmulke to watch the Rangers yes, play a game, ago. and yeah. he won, and he kept wearing the yarmulke. I wore the yarmulke out, and it was a huge hit. It was a huge hit, and I wore my Lunquist jersey at the Moonies last time. It was great. It was great. No, I'm glad you were at Moody's. You're celebrating. Yes. Oh, wait, Having a good time. Yeah, it was How was your last out this morning? The last out was great. I did a great job. I mean, you were pumped last night. I did a great job. You were, you it was, the, it was the best night. last out you'll ever hear. Probably one of the greatest it last was, outs. It was a great last out. WICB's ever seen. Oh, yeah. 
Oh no, but I, 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 but I was very scream, pumped. But going back to that I was scream, very pumped. It, it was not a scream, it was a squeal. Let's get it up one more time. <laughs> one because more I just want to, so we, most people, it's like, yeah, woo, you know, it's a pumped up, yeah, but it, this was like. This is if, the full version Wait, this right was here. before we play it again. This was almost like. Yeah. I was very excited. <laughs> this is almost like you were sleeping, someone came into your room with some sort of weapon and just started beating you profusely with it. <laughs> that was great. Great, great memory. It now, doesn't. It sounds like something bad is happening. My question is, why did you just you like paused, regained your breath, and then squealed again? Why wasn't this in a continuous motion? Like you go, for example, pause, 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 and we'll get one more in here. Yeah, it was great. I, you got to work on your screaming. I, I don't know what to tell you. It was great. Well, who would Dan? Were you in the uh, common room when I was? Uh, I was. When I when I literally made an eek noise, I literally I was like, I heard about the eek, eek noise. Was There's it eek. the common room or is the living room? The living it's room. It's a living room. The it was a living room. No, Levowitz called it the common no, room. No, well, once. it is our common room. Yeah, but it's a living room. But it is a living room. But technically speaking, like I understand what he's saying when he says common. I would never refer to it as that. I, I just think it's the living it's room. It's bizarre. I have a common room living in a dorm. That is a common room. In a dorm, it's a common room. But when you're in a kind of an apartment set up like we are, room. it's a living room. You want to call it a common room? It is by you know technically speaking a common room, but who says that besides like... Technically speaking, I mean, it is our... I mean, but you wouldn't know it's our common room because your trash is everywhere. What did your father say oh. to you? Did you guys talk to Jake Chernock's family about I, his trash? I, let me tell you something. So I said to Jake... <laughs> For those who are just joining us, Jake Chernock's family was here this weekend in Ithaca visiting, and Jake Chernock, as we've talked about many times on the show, doesn't like to throw out anything. What did you say to his family about this, So I this, said, Rick, Rick Chernock walked in. He's like, hey, Dan, how you doing? He was like, he was like great job with the Super Bowl he stuff. He did a great job with yeah, the Super Bowl stuff. Did. It was great. I'm like, thanks. He loves we it. love Marty. He was great. We loved him and his stories. Like, <laughs> we loved him and walking around his underwear. Who's Marty? Explain, my uncle. uncle. I know. Explain to the audience. Oh, yeah. my uncle Marty, who we stayed with. And, and he didn't uh, wear a shirt. And he didn't wear a shirt. He was, he was great. We <laughs> stayed with be, him when we were in Houston. Wait, the so best Marty thing was, was when he put the cloth over, over the chair. You know, I was like, what the, what the heck is going on here? I was like, what the heck is going on here? We come back at 1 o'clock in the morning after the great media party that we went to in Houston. That was, was a great media party. It was a great media party. And, uh, and my uncle like put a plastic wrap over the chair he sits on. I don't know. It's but, like when you retire a jersey, only you retire exactly. a chair. It's but, great. So I'm talking to Rick, and he's like, your, your, your apartment's disgusting. And I'm like, Rick, Rick, <laughs> Rick. I'm like, Rick, you're not going to believe this when I tell you this, but your son is the biggest slob I've ever met. Rick looked at me perplexed. He's like, what, what do you mean? I said, he orders I said he orders Italian carryout and Chipotle and just leaves it when he's finished. And he'll put his leftovers in the fridge, and months go by, and he doesn't throw them out. He'll order Taco Bell. And then... And, and then, leave it there for weeks. Yeah, after having a stomach ache. So, so Rick opened the fridge and went, "Oh my god, it reeks in here." I'm like, "This is all your son's leftovers. This is last Tuesday. This is last Thursday. This is Friday. This is last Monday." It was insane. Did, did you show Rick the office where you uh, you yeah. do your paperwork and send your emails? No, I didn't see the office. I never Watch had this conversation. With Rick of course you didn't. Have of course you didn't. No, no. But he, there was I like they walked. You in. wanted to have this conversation. No, but they around. walked in. And I did mean, you guys clean the apartment at all before they entered? Because I wasn't I, here. I weekend. had cleaned it, you know, again. Ish. 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 I, you know, ish. It's you know, being generous. You know, you can't win the World Series, you know, with one hitter on your team hitting 300. It's got to be a team <laughs> effort. So I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can. It looks a little cleaner. Can I say this? You do take – I think 
Has anyone helped you take out the trash once? No, I take it out myself. I, just I, do, I take out the trash. No, turn no, out I take out the trash. No. I take out the trash. It's all your trash. <laughs> I take it. Hey, to be fair, you leave a lot of Chipotle bags there, too. Yeah, you even, do you eat Chipotle more than I do. Yeah, but I don't leave it on the table. I at least move it in the vicinity of the trash. Yeah, well, you leave, you, you, you do what I do. Yeah, you you do what I do. And there's nine Chipotle takeout bags there at the end of the week, and it reeks. Oh, it's gross. It's gross. It's gross. You know but I can go and throw it out. But he orders wings, and he just like maybe he has like some wing sauce left over, and instead of shutting the container, no, it just stays out, open it just, on the table. He leaves it open, so the entire house goes smell like <laughs> four days ago. Four days, disgusting. It's great. You love it. I do. It, it's funny. <laughs> you, you know it. what I will say? Where it's April twenty third. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It, At it, this point, you don't can't change. change I don't want you to. I think it's I great. Well, we change. didn't even establish. So we talk about Chernox eating habits, but I don't think we've updated the audience on Chernox bathroom habits. And oh, oh, we're not talking here about. We, here we go. Oh god. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I think. You, what you guys think I'm alluding to here? I want to talk about the fact that Dan actually. Oh, I have moved out of the bathroom. D- so, so the way our apartment is set up. I'm upstairs with I get a bad rap people. for this, by the way. I get a very bad rap. Chernock lives downstairs with Dan. They share a bathroom next to their rooms. Dan refuses to go in that bathroom for anything from brushing his teeth to taking a shower anymore. He's quit that bathroom, and now he lives upstairs with us and uses our upstairs bathroom as his own bathroom. I do do that. Why well, to be do fair, that? to be fair, that shower is the worst shower it, in the history of the world. It's more That's so not, like, it's the it's shower. It's not me. It's, it's, not, the no, shower. it's, it's the shower. It's, the shower is and? awful. Well, and it's a, you know, but the shower, but, but, it, but, but why did I move out? It was the shower. I, I couldn't take the poor water pressure. Just the, the fact and that the water only comes out. Of yeah, it never nozzle. stays warm. It never stays warm. It's the freezing in puddles. There. The puddles. There's no puddles. I don't understand what the puddles. There's no puddles. How, how do you dry off when you get out of the shower? I dry off. off like a normal person. I dry <laughs> off you know, in the shower. I think you I spread leave. your legs out. You're like, well, oh, look you, at me. What do you think I do in there? <laughs> I don't know what you do in there. <laughs> but I, 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 anyways, back to the point. I moved out. I now am exclusively using the upstairs bathroom, and my life's been a lot easier over the last four months since I've done it. It's a month already. I can't believe it. Well, you probably had better showers. Mo- oh my god, you can't even compare. I, I, I look forward to going in the shower. I used to hate going in the shower. Well, it made worst. me not want to shower, and I'm a big shower guy. You used to go in the shower and then and then be standing in the bathroom and yell, "Turn on! It's the worst shower ever!" And be like, "Yeah, it was, it was great. We, it was the worst shower God ever put on earth." Why didn't you guys shower. submit one maintenance request? I did. I no, did. you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, you just said I you did. did. You didn't submit one. I submitted a maintenance. You like to complain. Admit it. I submitted two maintenance requests. One about the toilet bowl seat that doesn't stay stay up. Well, that's brutal. Right? One, that's that's awesome. that, we didn't talk about that. That is brutal. That is brutal. But we also submitted a maintenance request regarding the ants that were in our apartment, and that didn't get taken care of by anyone. It got read and ignored. <laughs> it read and ignored. Well, you know why yeah. those ants were there. Because there's Chipotle everywhere. <laughs> and ICO and wings and and and, and chips what did you, what did you eat tonight? tonight I had some sandals. Really? <laughs> yeah. You went to sit. What'd you have? I had a buffalo chicken panini. It was actually really good. Did you throw out the box? I did. Okay. <laughs> You're good, baby. Six oh seven two. You love it. You love it. One eight four two. We opened the segment talking about my car accident. Transitions to the Rangers. Whether or not Charnock will go to game two of the series because it's on Saturday afternoon in Ottawa. We made fun of our assistant producer Ben Carlton because he's going to be with his woman this weekend over going with Jake Charnock to the Ranger game. And then we started talking about Charnock's eating habits, his family being in town. We've really covered it all. And while we did that, the Met game went final. So when we come back, we'll talk some Mets. Is Dan in panic?
Panic Mode. We'll hear from Dan Budick on the state of the New York Mets and so much more. As for the Budick Show, about 40 minutes left in the program. The show keeps rolling on. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Jake Asman and Dan Budick right here on the Asman and Budick Show. Follow the show on Twitter with the handle at Asman Budick Show. Nine minutes left in the program is the Asman and Budick Show rolling on here until midnight. Jake Asman, Dan Budick, Jake Chernock, and Ben Carlton joining you for another nine minutes or so here in the VIC Radio Studios. Let's talk about the Mets, though, Dan. The game is final against the Washington Nationals. The Mets lose to the Nationals, and the Mets now have really struggled, losing eight of their last nine baseball games. So here they are. They have the off day tomorrow, but tonight they lose 6-3 to three to Washington. You knew it was going to be tough going into this one with Max Scherzer on the mound. But in typical, really, Mets fashion, Daniel Murphy, who for now going on two seasons, has absolutely killed his former team. Got it going early with a grand slam. And the Mets made it close. They cut this. They cut the lead to 4-3 at one point. But we've seen this problem all season for them. The bullpen did not come through to keep them around in this game. Washington tacks on a couple extra runs on a Ryan Zimmerman home run, and they hold on to beat the Mets again. And this Mets team now is really struggling. They're struggling big time, and it has to do have to do with the injuries too they've sustained. And unfortunately, they haven't been able to keep these guys in the lineup due to Darno Cespedes didn't play this weekend. I mean, first weekend, first series against Washington, you'd like to have your best lineup in there, and unfortunately. The Mets, just because of these injuries, Darno didn't play. He pinch hit tonight and struck out, but he didn't play all series. Dude is on the DL. Flores is on the DL. Uh, Cespedes took the weekend off with a hamstring, with a little hamstring discomfort, and he'll be back, he said, uh, in the lineup on Tuesday. He was actually in the on-deck circle in the ninth inning, so he was going to get an opportunity to pinch hit if it got that far. It didn't, and they lost. But So that's a good sign. At least they'll get Cespedes back, and maybe they get Darno back on Tuesday. They just got to get healthy and get things rolling. And luckily enough for them, it's early in the season, and they're only 8-11, and 11, and you know there's a lot of baseball left to be played. They haven't even played... Um, you know, 25 games yet, so it's we have a lot of time left to go. But, yeah, obviously you don't want to lose games. You don't want to lose to Washington. You don't want to get swept at any point in the season. Uh, pretty uh, pretty rough little 10-game stretch here for the Mets. No question. They need to find a way to get some wins together. They need to find a way to get back on track. They had the pitching, but they've had so many injuries. Steven Matt, Seth Lugo haven't even pitched this year. And the problem with these Mets starters is as good as they are, they don't give you a whole lot of length sometimes, especially in the National League. So it's difficult when you're relying on your bullpen and the Mets bullpen, I know they have Familia back, but they have really struggled, and it's cost them some wins where they're leading late, where they have an opportunity to win a game and or, or stay around in the game and maybe come back and the bullpen blows it. You know, you think of a couple games right off the top of your head, the game a couple of days ago against Miami in Florida where Jacob DeGrom gave you a great start, bullpen comes in, Stanton goes deep, and Yelich wins it with a home run later on. I mean, you look at this Mets season, and they've been in some really close games, but their record is what their record is. They're struggling right now, and they need to find a way to get healthy, as you're talking about, and get back on track. I think one thing that definitely needs to happen, though, we need to see Michael Conforto in the everyday lineup going forward. I don't care what happens with Curtis Granderson or what happens when Duda comes back. Michael Conforto has now proven to you that he needs to be out there game in and game out in some capacity, right, left, center. I don't care where you play him. He needs to be out there. He's that good. His bat is that important. They need him out there. And he's showing that he can really play all three outfield positions. He's really taken the center field pretty nicely, and I think the Mets are pretty happy about that. But you're right. 
He's got to play every day, and now because of the fact that the dude is not in there, they're playing Bruce at first, so Conforto's finding his way into the lineup anyways. But when Duda comes back, they're going to have the issue they had prior to, to Duda going down, and that's where are you getting Conforto at bats. Well, I'll tell you what, Curtis Granderson's got to take a seat here. The everyday center fielder for the Mets when Duda gets back needs to be Michael Conforto. And I don't think they're taking that big of a hit defensively. I think he has shown he's a decent, he's a pretty decent defensive center fielder. He can make the plays. He's got some speed. He can cover a lot of ground. I like what I've seen out of him from all three outfield spots. It's about getting him at bats. He had three hits tonight, a home run in the first inning, a leadoff home run, his second of the season. He's only let off uh, three games, and in two of them he's had leadoff home runs. So they got to find a way to get Conforto in the lineup every day. And I think now going forward with the team struggling the way they are offensively, I'd be shocked if you don't see Conforto in the everyday lineup now moving forward and then eventually when Duda comes back, whenever it is this weekend or whenever it is with Duda coming back, there's no way Conforto is sitting on the bench. You're right, Jake. He's too valuable. He's too big of a part of what they're doing offensively. He's a spark plug to their lineup. And he's hitting a lot more than Curtis Granderson is. What do you have, three more hits tonight? Three I mean, hits and a home run. I mean, Conforto's been great, and he's had success in that leadoff spot. Jose Reyes has just been brutal. He's been terrible. And the issue with this Mets team is, you know, you have a ton of injuries, and a guy like Jose Reyes needs to figure it out. Because when all these guys are banged up, you're all of a sudden, you had all this death, but... You know, your depth gets tested when you lose all these guys due to some injuries. Jose Reyes has got to contribute, and what goes against Jose Reyes is the fact that he's being paid the major league minimum by the Mets. All his other salaries being paid by Colorado. There could be a scenario where Reyes doesn't pick it up. The Mets could just designate him for assignment to get rid of him. They they could, but they're not going to do that. I don't think Reyes. I think Reyes. You unless, think he will be on the team the whole year? Yeah, I do. I don't see him struggling the way he's been struggling all season. I think unless he really doesn't turn around, he just continues to be awful. But I really don't anticipate that. I anticipate him to play uh, better. I don't think he could play much. What worse do you than attribute so his far. slow start to? Could it be the fact that this story that came out about his second you know double life he's leading? Yeah, with I mean, a mistress. I, I could. I mean, that, yeah, I think. That that could have a big part of it. I, he was hitting fine in spring. I, I think this, since this story has come out, I think it might have might have taken a little toll on him. Maybe uh, it's gotten into his head, and you know, a lot of people know you can't play baseball when you have a lot on your mind. You got to have a clear head, and maybe Ray is just right now does not have a clear mind, and he's going up to the plate with a lot of other things uh, on his mind and not baseball. And I think that's a big issue. If it is true, I'm not you know saying that is the case, but. You know, this story is out there, so there's every reason for us to speculate that this may have an issue with his lack of play. But I don't see a situation where Reyes gets cut. I think he's valuable to the team. I think his play will improve. I, I unless he can, if we if we get into May, uh, mid May, late May, and he's still hitting a hundred, or he's not, he's not shown improvements, and it's still the same old uh, what we've seen with Jose Reyes. Then I think maybe the Mets go on and make a move. But for right now. I think Reyes is their guy unless they feel that they can maybe get a spark plug from Ahmed Rosario, one of the top prospects in baseball, their shortstop in AAA. Even Dominic Smith, they have some options in the minor leagues. No, they do. It's a little early, I think, to call any of those guys up. Well, that's the thing. It's it's very early to do that, and it's not the type of spark plug you're looking for in April. That's why I think they're going to ride it out with Reyes a little bit longer. I just think they're – and Terry Collins and Sandy Alderson and this Mets team are just going to have to hope that – you know, Reyes uh, turns it on. Because I think to, they have every hope that, that he is going to start to hit. I can't imagine he's going to hit 100 all season. It's hard to believe that this team was 7-3, and three, and then you blink. You know, and they've lost now seven in the last eight games. They've struggled. They really have struggled. And it comes down to, I think, a few things. One thing, the lack of offense, the injuries, but also... You know what? The bullpen hasn't pitched that well. 
They haven't been able to preserve the kind of leads that the Mets uh, that the Mets have had, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that Familia was not in there, and it kind of threw everyone out of whack, and everyone was pitching an inning earlier, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Well, Familia's back, and he hasn't had a save opportunity yet, so maybe they go into Atlanta on Tuesday, and they could kind of reset that bullpen a little bit now that Familia's back into the fold. They really need to find a way to get something going right now. I know they have injuries, but they're not hitting regardless of some of these injuries. We mentioned Reyes, but there are so many guys up and down this lineup that are not playing to the back of their baseball cards right now, and they need Cespedes to come back and be Yoana Cespedes because I think Mark Teixeira said this on Baseball Tonight, and I agree with him. You know, Yoana Cespedes, you can make a case, is the most important player, offensive player, for their for his own respective team. Meaning that, you know, other teams can survive losing their best player. The Yankees are doing it right now without Gary Sanchez. The Mets cannot survive losing Yoana Cespedes. We saw it when they acquired him in 2015, what he did, and he carried them to the playoffs. We saw what he did last year when he came back off to the Sable list and carried the Mets to the wild card. They need him to be in their lineup. Thanks for listening to the Asman and Budic Show. To keep up with the guys, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter with the handle at Asman Budic Show.